Hey guys, we are back with another episode of It's a Trans World Podcast. We have a very, very special guest tonight, and I'm going to allow her to introduce herself. I'm not going to steal any of that glory tonight, because normally I introduce our guest, but I'm going to let her do that because I think the work she's doing is so vital in our community. Um, Malik is back tonight. He took a couple nights off, but that's okay. I held him down. It's nice to see his handsome, handsome face back in the groove with It's a Trans World Podcast. Um, we always like to start with letting you guys know that we lead with love and this is a safe place. Uh, we talk about a lot of things that impact our community and most important, there are no rules. So we do not have filter conversations on It's a Trans World Podcast. We want to be honest, open and unfiltered. Um, Malik, before we introduce our guest, do you have any highlights for us? I do. I absolutely do. Um, I'm excited about this highlight highlight that I want to talk about. I'm not sure. I don't think you brought it up on the uh, the uh, podcast that I missed. Uh, but I did not really go to Atlanta. Oh my God. We have been nominated by the Glad Award. <laughs> like, okay, so we have had several nods in the film festival film festival arena, right? But man. My God, we talk about going up against networks with million dollar budget. Hulu, HBO, Broadway, yeah. DLC, um, Netflix, all in our category. We were actually the only independent show um, in the entire um, awards period. So for yeah. all eight, 336, we were the only that were that was independent and from Tubi. It is. Tubi's first go around too. And, and she don't like to talk about it, but we're talking about an independent film that was paid for by the executive producer, writer, director, Raquel M. R. Thomas, who is a lesbian woman who did not have to do this. So I remain grateful. Um, we did not ask for space. We created space. Indeed, oh, indeed. Mm-hmm. So, trans world last. Yeah, it's, it's super cool. I think in this whole process, my goal is obviously to remain humble because I tell you this all the time. We talk offline often. This is my brother from another mother. That um, it's really not me. It's God. I told you when I, you know, thought about trans world. I really dreamed about it and realized that this was a great time especially with the election year coming up for us to get in front of um who we are as a community um so it, it's a blessing and i'm humbled i'm grateful still a little overwhelmed i can't fully wrap my mind around the impact totally um so i'm i'm i'm, I'm blessed and no i don't talk about it enough i kind of hold my head down and i work but um, i'm i'm grateful I'm overwhelmed with joy. This is my happy face, sad face. This is all my face, y'all. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, I'm thankful. So thank you for giving us that shout out because I did not talk about it. Not what um, since you've been away. So I appreciate that. Uh, but now I want to really jump in with our guests and allow her to introduce herself because the work she's doing at T-Walk is fucking amazing. And I think um, this is how we really push our agenda forward to be treated fairly, to stand up and to say, hey, we're here, we're human, we're people, we love, we hurt, we believe just like everyone else. So 
um, my love. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell the people who you are, what you do, and let's let's get talking. So, Ness, um, before I get started, um, thank you for having me. For one, thank you for having me. Uh, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Um, thank you for seeing me. Thank you for. It's hard not to see. Yeah, and so that I guess that's when the modesty comes in, and not even so much as modesty. And and when you um and spaces and there's like there's so much fire and so much joy that you embody and there's a visionary there and there's a leader and there's a mother there's a nurturer and and I think sometimes when we are put in spaces we're trying to figure out how all of us can exist and not allow that not allow it to be um, interrupted by the world because we know we have a purpose and we have we have been trained to believe that if we sit in that longer none of that nobody else would get the glory but in these times and in these moments it's okay to celebrate ourselves and celebrate the work that we're doing because i do believe that in celebration the harvest increases right so uh, giving ourselves permission to celebrate i say ourselves because i'm one of those people that i do so much and, and you do so many different things and you're not even aware of the things and the contributions that you're that, that you're contributing to society and to the lives of other folk until they mention it. And I think that's when the work is really impactful. When you don't have to read your bio, somebody else does. Mm. When you don't have to deem yourself as a leader or as an icon or as a trailblazer, trailblazer somebody else does. Yeah. So sometimes sitting back and letting the room provide reflections of your work is a beautiful thing. So let me just love on you. I think you're amazing. I think you are a visionary. I think I appreciate you for thinking self unselfishly, thinking outside of yourself to create a space of inclusion where those that are deemed as by some folks less than. And because of your experience and your proximity to community members, you know otherwise. And with that knowledge of that otherwise you have, You've sacrificed your resources, your time, your brand, and you allow yourself to be a vehicle, a vessel to the stories of others being shared. So thank you for that. Well, it's my pleasure. It's it's my pleasure. I I am forever connected to the community one, you know, identifies lesbian. I don't even know what I identify as anymore. It's too much to put in the box. Or I actually want to put it in the box. Because I'm kind of equal opportunity these days, but, um, you know, my kid, we're, we are always connected to um, this trans population. And what I've seen has been so unjust. I think just it started with the women that were being murdered. I'm like, what the? Like, so you, you're going to kill me because we decided to do it is scary i think we're living in very rare times and i think you have to give a voice to it because nothing happens nothing changes until there's dialogue nothing i got you and you're so correct you're so correct and thank you for that thank you for seeing us um for those that may not know my name is toy um washington reynolds I'm the founder and executive director of the Trans Women of Color Healing Project. 
I'm also the founder and the creator of Land for Rouge Home and Beauty Product. And I'm also the principal consultant and founder of We Are More Coaching and Counseling Consulting. Um, I'm from New Orleans. I consider I'm a Hurricane Katrina um, survivor. Consider myself. Um, I consider myself an abolitionist. I know they have some work to do with that word, but I chose that word because to me, an abolitionist is a person or a group of people or an individual that breaks the system up, reformats it, reshapes it, and makes sure that it's created with the right folks in mind. It's created for the people, by the people. And I'm one of the people that's directly affected by the work that I advocate. I'm a life coach. I'm a uh, a sound practitioner where I really believe that we are spirits living a human experience. And I always start an introduction with when folks say, who are you? I always start with the informational piece that who I am and what I do are two different things. So if you ask me who I am, I'm a spirit. I'm love. I'm life. I'm joy. I'm healing. I'm whole. I'm affirmation. I am I'm God's true manifestation of what God's image is. That's who I am. What I do with that, I'm a life coach. I'm a leader. I'm a wife. I'm a mother. I'm an executive director. I'm a business owner. I'm a sister. I'm all of those things. But all of those things would not be possible without the who I am first. And I think sometimes we get so caught up on not understanding who we are and what we are and how they're different. And if we don't understand who we are, we allow ourselves to be shaped and put into someone else's box. And I think that's why it's so hard for healing to honestly take place. I believe it's hard for healing to take place because we have conditioned people to believe that what they do is who they are. That's you're doing yourself a big disservice when we allow anyone to 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 to, to force that on you. Correct. What you did, what you do is gonna always change. Former sex worker, all of those things, formerly incarcerated. That's what I did. That's not who I am. So if I don't shake past that, and if I constantly wear this 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 T-shirt that says who I am is what I did, I'm destined to fail. So in order for our people to get the healing that's needed, we have to understand that who you are and what you do are two different things. Giving yourself room to grow, giving yourself room to forgive, because what you do is going to always change. And who you are is your purpose. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I just, um, I, I was reading a quote by T.I. said to another artist, a younger artist, um, if you live by the applause, you will die by the bulls. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, that's powerful. Like, yeah. you live based on the applause that people give you when they start booing you because it will come. Sure. Um, I've, I get so much flack for trans world in some of the groups I'm in. Like when they see me, they never think lesbian. They just think black woman. Can I take you out? And when they realize that I'm the director and creator of trans world, I mean, the black men go crazy. So if I lived by the applause that we've gotten for trans world, I would be dead because the bulls have come. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're going to come. And cause, cause the work that, I don't think sometimes the work we do is bigger than us. Absolutely. It's, it's bigger than us. You have sacrificed. You found a team of people that's 
that's willing to share their story, share their narrative, mm-hmm. go into the houses and the homes of folks that don't know they exist, not understanding the danger that we have put ourselves on, the cast members have put themselves and their families in, you as the director and, and the creator of this and put yourself and your families in to make sure that there's a vehicle for other folks to navigate life in and navigate life more successfully. That's what Transfer ATL has done. It has created a, a possibility model. It's created a vehicle for folks to navigate through life in. It's created a, a opportunity. It's created a, a, a video and oral archive where our stories can be shared. They can't be misquoted. They can't be misrepresented because it's done on a video. I mean, of course, with AI, you can do anything, but nine times out of 10, our words or the words of the, the cast members real would not be misquoted. Correct. Real people, real stories, real existence. Hey, there are some folks that will never get a chance to meet a me or a Malik or a Raquel or a Sean, but they're able to watch Trans World ATL and be a part of that and sharing that experience. You know, that's the beautiful thing. And I, I you know, stealth, you know, before that. And um, I had so many people reaching out to me over the years, but because I was in law enforcement and, you know, the era we went through with our black men being killed, then I dare not come out as trans, you know, so I put myself on the back burner to stay safe. You know, now I'm not per se in law, law enforcement anymore, but, you know, I think about the time when Sebastian spoke and Sebastian said, every day we walk out the house. It's just like law enforcement. We don't know if we come out back because we chose to be our authentic selves. Yeah, I think one of the things I realized is the one, most trans men live in privilege. The worst is people may think they're a gay man. That's the worst. They may think they're a gay man. But I think it was even, I thought it was even more because I experienced being with someone that was living Sith, right? And I'm thinking, oh my God, you're hiding. You have to live your whole life hiding because that's what it is. And I felt like, how cool could that be? to have to hide who you are. I think that's cruel. I think that's not human. I, I, I don't, I don't think anyone should have to hide any part of them. No, we shouldn't, but you know, that's the world we live in today. We dare not say, we dare not really wear a shirt that says, hi, I'm drink. That's a target on your back. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. But my transmasculine siblings, when they start that transitional journey, they start that journey and they embody everything that the other males around them have. The patriarchy as well, right? The patriarchy, the, 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 the toxicity, all of those things are a part of that transitional process because that's connected to the men that they're around that were instrumental in, in their transitional processes. Rest me. So, so what we're looking at right now and how we see it, Raquel, they don't look at it that way. They look at it at their masculinity, their manhood. But it indeed, it is a privilege. It is a privilege. 
And, but they don't see it that way because for them, that's all they know how to do is to show up because that's how they have seen the men around them show up. Yeah. I never thought about it that way, but I just, you know, for me, I was like, that's that's not fair to you. It's a silencing that takes place, right? There's so much of who you are, so many of so much of who you are, your views are not present. Your thoughts and your ideas around things are not present because you're not able to exist in your totality. Correct. And I think one of the things that I have struggled with over the years um, is hearing an argument between someone that gay or lesbian with male or female trans a trans person saying I'm not a trans man I'm not a trans woman I'm a woman or I'm a man and it's an argument and I've never understood that like there's even some there's even shame that comes with using the word trans because I mean let's be honest um, that word trans is Latinx is derived from Latin Latin and it's it means the other the side of right and at the end of the day that's a box that they created that's not for us the most important piece is man is woman is female is male I understand that there's a gap between those age and as Malik alluded to earlier during that time and because I'm, I'm a trans woman that's of that age of that generation where Silence was the thing that kept us alive, right? And now what we're seeing is that now the younger trans generations are able to exist and be able to be themselves and, be, and live in their totality. And without having to have any consequences, they don't have to not disclose who they am. Too much disclosure for me because we no longer have those things that keep us safe because we don't have anything for ourselves. There's nothing about a trans person now that, that was once sacred for us. It's no longer held within us. You can Google anything about our lives, our transitional processes. I believe that is too much information. But I also know that it, it, it was connected to our survival. That silence piece was connected to our survival. And unfortunately, some of us had to make that choice. Am I going to make it home to my family, as Malik said? Because there's a such thing called intersectionality. And as a Black person... As a trans person, as a queer person, all of those are intersections that we navigate. And the more intersections that you navigate makes it more of a daily co possible collision for you, which makes it even less likely that you may make it home. So as a trans woman, I'm a woman. That's a, that's that's that, that puts me on the intersection. That's a deadly street. I'm a trans woman. That puts me on a deadly street because I'm trans. I'm black. That's another piece. That's another intersection. So when we talk about all of those different intersections that we navigate with, that makes it less likely that we come home every day. I want to just show up and be my full self. I cannot worry about what someone else thinks. I cannot. And understand that those boxes are boxes that the world made for us so they can identify who we are. We know who we are. That's why some folks don't subscribe to it. I don't encourage folks to take up that trans, that trans term like my elder, my old, my elder trans women and trans guys and my siblings. I don't encourage them to take that trans piece. I tell them why I, 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 I subscribe to it because I know that if we was to go in the climate, there was the social political climate that we're in right now. They're saying that gender is decide is 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 your gender that's identified at birth. 
So now what they're doing is at one point in time, they used to could say that it's male. Ain't no one point in time that's trying to go back to it. And it, now I'm trying to go back to saying it's male or female. But I understood that that trans piece was the only thing that was protecting my womanhood. No, I never said I was cisgendered. I never said I was born that way. But that trans piece was the piece that honored my womanhood because woman was connected to it. So I took that trans piece because I understood how I was being represented. And I use it when I need to on medical forms or things of that nature, because if not, it will be under the guise and they will deem it as a male or female. And based off of how they feel and what their definitions are, it's sex assigned at birth. And I will take a trans woman over being male born any day. Yeah. And and I and I understand that. That that makes it to me. Like, okay, I'm not gonna check male. I'm not checking that yeah. option. So I understand that. I uh it's so it's so many <laughs> you're right. There are many intersections and many Yeah, we're talking about social political climates. Um we got a conversation today and as 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 hopeful as I am, I'm also kind of mapping the direction and the route that we're going to take because there's so much work that we as a community need to do. So much work that we as a community need to do. I don't even think our siblings, our LGBTQIA plus community in Georgia understands where we're at right now. Right. I mean, right now, we're on the brinks of having to have the Religious Care Act passed here in Georgia. It's on. It's, 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 it's in the House for it's, it's, it's a bill that they're wanting to pass. We have the right to, we're going to fight it, of course, but it's one of the bills that they want to pass. And that they will decide if a person wants to provide services to us or not. They can deny services based off of their religious beliefs. Yeah. Think about it. Atlanta, Transworld Atlanta, the Black Mecca. People are watching that show and they're going to want to come to Atlanta because it's a welcoming <laughs> environment. Because they saw that the folks on the cans were able to live their best lives and be able to be who they are, create families, create relationships, be successful, thrive. That's about to be obsolete. Yeah, and that's scary. I, I don't know. The, the thoughts about to be obsolete. Yeah, and you know, um, my fiance and I, we were talking last night and I kind of felt sad inside, you know, when she was saying that you know, it's a possibility that we may have to actually move away from that answer. You know, yeah, not, yeah, out of, yeah, out of the United States. And that made me sad because I think about my granddaughter, you know, all the people that I'm connected to, like, this is a reality that we are facing. We're living in a very rare time where Hate seems to be winning. And it's the whole, it's the entire LGBTQI plus that community that's affected by the religious exemptions bill. It's not just the trans folk. And a lot of times they don't um, join our fights because, you know, we have adapted as black people. We have adapted that European ideology of self. If it don't apply, apply to me, let it fly. We can't adopt it. We have to give that back to who it belonged to that never was ours. We're communal people. We come from community. We rely heavily on one another. 
We came over here on slave ships bound together because that's how they got us. And but we're leaving here divided, which was their mission. Yeah. And that's why they're winning because we're not connected. But that whole LGBTQIA plus community in Georgia is going to suffer from this. They say Atlanta is the black gay mecca. It, it probably was. I'll tell you this, and this, this is kind of a good segue into she, she was formerly known as Shalani, now Ashuri. And I may be pronouncing that wrong. The timing of her detransitioning and going back to mill is scary. I almost feel like, and I don't know, politically, I probably shouldn't say this, but I almost feel like someone wrote her a check and said, hey, this is the time because we need a troll to show. We need a physical showing to push our agenda. And let me give you a check and yeah, detransition. So it'll make it easy for us to prove our point. That affects us now, I think, more than it would have affected us, affected us outside of an election year. Yeah. What are you on? I said, you want to take it, Malik? Man. You know, <laughs> I'm, that makes me sad as well. Um, because here we are. Um, we're about to be in the battle of our life. And now here is this person who was a part of our community pushing this other narrative that is the devil's work and this and that. And we're already fighting against the, the religious act against us. Like, so now she's going on these different platforms like, uh, Larry Reed lied, you know, like, yes. Like, so it just makes the work that everyone is doing so much harder. Like it, I, I don't, I don't understand it. I mean, to each his own, if that's what they wanted to do, then okay. But don't use the narrative that this is the devil's work. So I'm the devil's work now. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's, that's a conversation for me. This is a heavy one in large form because I'm all about community care. I'm big on community care. I understand why it's important that we connect to one another and we support one another. And I'm thinking back to the movie, um, what was it? Wolfie. For color girls only. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and how they use the parable of when, when he took the baby to the window and, and the baby and, and the baby and he dropped the baby even though it was accidentally, the damage happened before they even got to the window. I believe that as a community, when I see stuff like that happening, I see where there's work that we can do as a community. I say that because I believe that everyone that comes into this community comes into the community because it's deemed as a safe space. It's deemed as a space of equity and equality and inclusion. And but yet we're creating spaces where folks don't feel included. We're creating spaces where folks don't feel involved, or don't feel valued, or don't feel affirmed, or don't feel like we see them. And I, and I used this earlier. It goes back to the African proverb to me that if a hurt child is going to burn down the whole village, 
so they can so 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 they can feel its warmth. And what we're seeing here is a person that wants to be seen. This is a cry for help. This is a cry for help. This is a cry for help. And unfortunately, that person's cry for help is going to be weaponized and used against an entire community. It's going to be weaponized. It's going to be used to a whole community. I see that baby needs mental health services, right? I see that baby needs a hug. I see that baby needs affirmation. But I also see that this baby wants to be seen. Mm-hmm. That visibility and, and, and that, 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 that drug there, there's nothing we can do to fix that. There's nothing that we can do as a community to fix that. Social media has created drug addicts. <laughs> and, and there's nothing that we can do to fix that. Unfortunately, it's at a timing, like you said, the community is going to suffer the brunt of it because they're looking for folks to push their agenda. They're looking for individuals that's going to push their agenda. I just suggest that we love on Azaria a little harder to let them know that, okay, you've made this decision, but you're not outcast because I believe the damage that can be done if this person is outcast will be far more worse than what them telling their story is now. I, and I understand the peace. I understand the peace around um, a lot of folks being upset around them using religion and their personal relationship with their creator and as, the, as their story and their reason why. So each is their own. I think we got to get to a point where we let people self-identify. And we as a black community, we have not matured enough into a space where we have been, been where we have been able to self-identify. If I go out here and do something right now, they're not going to just say toy. They're going to say trans women. Mm-hmm. Yes. They're going to speak to speak to me, speak of me as a collective. That means that I have not been able to self-identify, identify, or I have not made the impact as an individual. And I think that's one of the disservices that we're experiencing. Each one of us want to be seen. Each one of us want to be represented and acknowledged for who we are. That's why folks don't go into care. That's why folks don't come into community. That's why folks don't partake. You have so many folks that live in stealth because they don't want that stigma because we as a society do not allow folks to self-identify. Yes, I believe I'm trans, but I subscribe to some of that. But some of that other stuff, I don't because of the stigma. That's what we hear. That's what we see because we have failed to allow people to self-identify. And when we do see people that self-identify, we ostracize them in a community because they're not showing up the way we want them to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, obviously, I think we're all praying for him to have peace and to figure out whatever it is he needs to figure out for himself so he can be healthy. But I want to now move on to Tiwa. Yeah. And I want to talk in detail about what you all are doing and what are your goals as we walk into the election in November? So the Trans Women of Color Healing Project was created and it's crazy. Um, the organization was a service project that was created when I was working in Birmingham, Alabama in 2019. And it was supposed to be like an eight-month service project. And it was called Trans Women of Color Healing Through History. And I'm like, okay, okay, I get it. I get it. But I believe that this can be something bigger. The purpose of it is bigger. And I took away the 
healing through history and just said the healing project. And I realized that healing was ongoing. That's not something that happens one time. Every day we wake up, every day that we show up, we're going to have to kill a part of our past so our future can live. So healing is ongoing. So which is why I shifted it from that to the healing project. The healing project's mission is to combat the erasure of trans lives, narratives, existences, and contributions to society. And that's where we're at right now. Like it's crazy. It's a lot of the Russian statement of the organization that was created in 2019. And that very mission statement of the organization is the work that the organization has to do right now. Combat the erasure of trans lives, our stories, our contributions, our existences into society. Yeah, it, 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 it's, 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 it's sometimes I just kind of figure out trying to think like, where do we begin? Where do we begin this process? Because this educational piece is the most important piece because my people, the people that I'm advocating for are not aware of their history. They're not aware that we come from kings and queens. We are kings and queens. We are royalty. In spite of the agenda that they're pushing, trans and gender variant of people and queer and two-spirit, however you were called in your tribe and your native land, we existed then. We were those people that provided that balance. We taught the kings how to be a better king to the queen and taught the queen how to be a better king for the queen. But you know, I'm obviously a movie buff, and we have seen that in white films. And a woman's queen, a woman's king. Yeah, we have seen that in white film for years. If you look at any historical um, film that shows the history of war, um, it shows two-spirited men. It shows men being with men. It so white shows, movies have showed this for years. I remember seeing Three Hundred. I don't know if you guys saw that movie, but I was a kid, and I remember saying, "Oh, dang, this isn't new. This this is now BC, BC AD for for those of you that before Christ after death." <laughs> But when we do it in our community as color folk, it's like, what's wrong with them? Why are they doing that? It goes back to uh, the religious piece. Uh, King James was a queer person, like Mm -hmm. from the Bible. Yeah. The Bible. And when I saw whatever. And when I saw a woman, when I saw a woman king, I said, you know what? They're on to something. And I think that was one of the most important moments of the movie that was totally meant. It's the only Bible that we've highlighted it in a black film. We've never highlighted it. But the role, the significance of that gender variant person, that person wore the the purple that represents royalty. That was not a decision that the king made that was not informed by that individual's existence. In order to get to the queen, even the white, she had to go to that. You, you understand? One main thing, yeah, yeah. So, so when I saw that movie, I said, "You know what? Our people know they just choose to forget. They choose to forget. They choose to forget because masculinity is so fragile. Patriarchy is so fragile. And in order for the system called America that we live in, 
the, the system called the world that we live in, patriarchy has to exist. And those systems have to exist. And patriarchy says that anything that does not represent masculinity in its strongest form represents weakness and weakness is not tolerated. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, uh, it, it, it's so yeah. much to unpack. It's so much to unpack. I mean, I think we could talk for 28 days and still not be finished, but for the sake of time, what would you need? Like in a perfect world, what would be your ask of our community? What's your ask of our community? To support the work that we're doing, we're um, just about to launch our Trans Women of Color Lifting Our Voices to Vote campaign. I, the campaign was created early by the administration. We were um, instrumental in um, President Biden occupying his seat in office. And we're hoping to do the same again, even though I know all of our views do not align with the person in the office, but I have to implore folks to get out and vote. If you enjoy your right to use your voice, if you enjoy the right to have your phone and have the conversations that you want to film, tape, and say what it is you want to say, to be able to vote for the people that put in place to provide a service for you, it's very important you use your vote. Because if we don't vote for the person, for the person that's in the office now to remain a seat and change those cabinet members around them so the business, so the decisions can better support the agenda of the people, we're going to be in what we call a dictatorship. We're in democracy right now. We have say so. But if this person that wants this presidential seat gets this office, this we're going to go into dictatorship. That person's objective and goal is to end democracy as we know it. He's close friends with dictators. That's who he was. Sung Jung Hoo. He wants to be like Putin. He wants to be like Adolf Hitler. That's the per- the people that he modeled himself behind. He said himself going into the, when he had to vacate his seat in the last election. He said his goal was to be the last voted in president of the United States. You know what that means? Yes. Yeah. So that means we have to get out and vote. That means you have to support the work that we're doing. We're not telling folks who to vote for or where the organization is. Ah, <laughs> the organization isn't telling folks who to vote. We want to make sure that we're eliminating barriers to getting folks to the polls, whether it's your, for our TGNC folks, whether it's your gender markers or your, your name changes, anything that makes it harder for you to show up and be yourself and exist in your totality. We want to do that. For my TGNC folks, for bad that need their passports, we have to hurry up and get your passports in before this new administration takes over. In 2025, we're going into the Real ID Act. We have to get our folks and get our folks' documents straight right now. Even with um, the Biden administration, there's not as many barriers to get your passport changed. All you have to do is fill out your passport, have your name changed, decree. And you put the sex on your passport application that you want to be identified as. And when your passport comes, it's real simple. I don't know how long the system is going to be in place, but we know we have to make sure that we get as many of our folks galvanized, prepared, and ready so that before we even go to this vital fight in November, we want to have our folks prepared for war in November. We want to make sure that they have their license corrected, their documents. And for folks that don't have access to voting polls in rural areas. 
folks that's going to be out of town, giving them information and giving them the tool of understanding how early voting works, all of those different tools. So we need your help to get out and canvas and go to these events in the community and making sure that our community members are abreast and aware of their importance, of the importance of their voices, and that you do have a voice and it does matter. I know that was a lot, but for the people that may not know, um, explain to them what the Real ID Act is. Oh, absolutely. So um, this kind of took place under Trump's administration, and they said it was created to um, stop undocumented folk from occupying jobs and taking money from the economy, but it was pretty much put in place to do what it's doing now. In 2025, the Real ID Act will be imposed. So any for any person that has an ID that doesn't, any ID or driver's license, then any of the 51 states and territories that have their driver's license or ID, that don't have their star on it, that means it's real, you're going to have to go up and have your, um and, and go through the process of resubmitting all of the documents that you provided to get your identification. And for our TGNC folk, our friends and our non-binary siblings, that's in those states like Florida, that's now saying that you cannot get your name changed or your gender marker changed. It has to go by your sex and your gender assigned at birth. There's going to be a plethora of states that's adopting this. And when you go, if you live in one of those states and you go to get your things recertified, they're going to deny it. They're even going to pass laws. Florida is trying to pass a law where they're not just denying it. They're trying to arrest you or charge you with fraud. Mm. That's in Florida. This is going on as we speak in Florida. Folks that want to get their documents changed has provided the documents and has provided everything that they need that's required to get their information changed. There are some municipalities, and once again, it's at their discretion. If they are totally against you or don't, if they're transphobic or whatever, they can easily say, okay, well, I'm going to call the police and get them involved. And you could be arrested for an act of fraud. Yes, yeah, so Kentucky and Florida are the states that have adopted. But we know that Tennessee and, and Texas and all the other places that soon to adopt it and all of those things, all of those different states. But we got to get our people together. We got to. We got to. 2025, it's going to be a year that's... 2024 is us just... You, 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 depending on... It's kind of dictating how big the fire is going to be. But 2025 is the year we walk through the fire. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we've talked about a lot tonight. Um, and And I can't even imagine how much more work there is to do, but I know there's lots of work to get done. No, I stop. Yeah. And Malik and I are obviously open. Whatever we can do, please let us know. We're on your team. We want to be here to help. Um, but I know you guys now have a lot of work, especially if you're planning to do any canvas work. Oh, visibility, creating a, 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 a visual campaign. We have learned that our people are visual, are visual learners. So creating a awareness campaign where, that where it shows us in our elements, show us being happy, show us being who we are as mothers and fathers and, 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 and parents and sisters and siblings, creating videos and creating a campaign that shows us in our totality, in our full existence is the kind of campaigns that we need 
to really show uh, show show our community members that this is who we are and this is what we need to do to protect that. To do more of this thing, to keep Atlanta that black Mecca, that black LGBT Mecca that it is, to keep Atlanta a sanctuary city, to keep those states, keep those cities and states like Baltimore, Maryland, keep them as sanctuary cities and states. So we have to get ourselves out there and vote. If not, we're going to lose all of this. Yep. I agree. Um, it's been an amazing conversation. And I feel like we need to invite you back on because there's still so much more to discuss. Um, I've in, I enjoy these type of conversations. Uh, we've had a lot of conversations about Lord knows everything, sex, what happens. And they're bug conversations because it, it's still things that people want to know. But uh, these conversations certainly is it's educating. We're educating our people and equipping them because right now we have to be equipped um, so that we can fight what's coming. So we thank you, Toy, for hanging out with us and sharing all your knowledge. Thank um, you. I didn't like realize platform as a tool. You're welcome. I didn't realize you were as brilliant as you are either. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're pretty smart. I, I can I'm <laughs> elite knows how I feel about smart people. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! So you thought I was just a rat? No, no, not that. But you know, some people—I I think everybody's smart in one way or another. But um, you know, you know what I'm saying. You know, everybody not everybody light bulb, light light bulb, you know that. You know, as we said, everybody elevated don't go all the way up, honey. That's right. Oh, uh, so when you get to a top floor. And you meet you meet people that get to the top floor. It's it's impressive. I, I it's very impressive to me. Obviously, you know, I'm gone to college, got all these degrees, and I've gone to school with people that's dumb as a box of bricks, and got the same degree I have, and have yeah. not smart. I elevate a stutter sometimes, but let's talk about law and law enforcement, baby. Come on, let's go. That's okay. I got your back. Um, you start stuttering, I got you. Um, but thank you so much, guys. We're gonna wrap this one up. Um, it's it's a blessing to have these type of conversations, and we're fighting for our freedom. We're fighting for our rights. So, guys, make sure you get out and vote. Every vote matters. Uh, we're not telling you. Well, toy organization isn't telling you who to vote for, but you better vote for Biden. That if you know so we put the people in place around him that's going to support push the laws forward that the laws of the people right on a city level on a state level and and in the state of georgia and this is in the state of georgia georgia is bigger than atlanta which is why georgia keeps losing very important elections because we think not we but a lot of people the masses think that Atlanta is Georgia. Georgia much bigger than Atlanta, which is why yeah. we think uh, from the electors, from the people that we feel so strongly about, we have to somehow figure out how to get the entire state of Georgia involved, not just Atlanta. Atlanta's important, but we need the entire state of Georgia to get active. It's true. It's true. And, and um, Toy, I'm not sure if you know, but Raquel is a sitting... <laughs> Commissioner. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. I'm a commissioner. Um, 
uh, I'm not going to renew my seat. Um, the whole film industry thing has kind of wrapped me up in a way that I've completely fallen in love. So I'm not renewing my seat. But yes, um, I've been a commissioner for three years. I think I have one more year, one more year on my term. Our uh, My seat is up in 2025. And um, I do what I can. I am a voice, especially for people of color. Uh, everything that comes across my desk, I'm advocating. Um, recently, I'm just on It's hard, man. It's hard. I I am stretched very thin. Um, I'm a very active mother. Um, yes. um, it's hard, but I think we find time for the things that matter. And being a commissioner is all about advocating advocating for our people we we're, we did some great work while i've held this seat especially with passing we have a new football stadium for hbcu here um a hbcu that did not have a football stadium and we were able to get that football stadium in the middle of a neighborhood where community lies and that's very important for the african-american college for a football field to be in a, in the middle of a community makes sense girl. for a black college and and that's i'm so proud of that but uh, I'm gonna give my seat up and let somebody else take it because I'm on. Uh, you, I'm I'm not there. I love you. <laughs> I was also giving my seat up on the board for foster care children when my term is up. Um, I sit on the state board for foster care children and decide where they should be, where they should be placed. And that work is heavy for me. That's why I'm giving that work up. I spent time in foster care, um, and I realized that it takes a toll on me mentally. Yeah. I'm going to give that seat up as well. And I'm going to kind of pull myself completely out of politics and be a voice still, advocate still, but not hold those seats. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, no. They're going to need all that out. See what I'm saying? It's not me, man. It's God. It's not me. It's God. It is God. God gave you a voice, and this was the perfect opportunity. Thank you for introducing that, Malik, because you have so many folks that tune in and that, that want to be involved and engaged and activated and don't know how. And here it is, you're a whole vessel. You're a pathway to that process. And we would know that if Malik didn't say that. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. They, she don't like to say. Yeah, because I just want to do the work. Um, I also need the accolades. I don't need, I really don't need the title. I, I was fighting for this stuff before they gave me the title. And the truth of the matter is the only reason they gave me the title of commissioner is because they did not want me to run for office again. I ran my campaign by myself and almost be a very strong name here. Um, and they gave me the seat. Wow. So that I wouldn't run for a city council again. Oh, but it wore me out. They wore me down. They wore me out. So they don't have to worry about me running again. It's a lot of work to do by yourself, man. Uh, and when you are openly lesbian, it hates an army. Yeah. Because everything about you is used against you. And you can no longer control and have that level of repression around your kids. Yeah. They use my children. Yeah. And where they go to school. Because they want to to uh my kids don't go to public school here but i'm a you know i went to public school i'm a product of public school um 
And, you know, hey, public school isn't what it was when I was there. And my kids, frankly, can't get the education that I need them to get that they need to get in the public school system right now, which is why we're fighting. We're fighting to put people in these chairs to advocate more for education because it is falling by the wayside in the state. But, you know, they use my kids against me. They did. Can I ask a question? I know we're wrapping up. We're looking at them pushing propaganda and using kids in the forefront of this propaganda that they're pushing. How comforted or how assured you are as a mother that they are intentionally creating or intentional about creating a better space for the kids by avoiding opportunities from LGBT folk and just the whole pie around them saying it's for kids when I believe that none of it is for kids. But you as a mother, do you feel as though they're progressive with pushing agenda that's supportive of the future of kids and their safety? Absolutely not. If you want to win anything, lead with children. And then you will see how the children go away once you get what you are chasing. Politics is always, it's an easy An easy way to gain trust and love and support is to lead with a child. But when those people get those seats, you really see what they do as it it pertains to children, which is why education is falling by the wayside in our country. We don't have to go state by state. And if it was so important, and if those people continue to lead with children in their- Why not pay the teachers? Teachers don't get paid enough. Most teachers have two jobs to support their families. Men are not teachers anymore. We don't have men educators because they cannot provide for their family. If you have a wife and a child and you're a teacher, you're going to be homeless. So you can't even consider being a teacher anymore because we do not pay teachers a salary that they can survive on. Well, no, my children understand that mommy had a husband, mommy had a wife. Okay. <laughs> My kid go to Pride every year and they enjoy it and they embrace it. My kids love people. Yeah. And, and, and as of right now, they're both very much so heterosexual people. Mm. Both of them, you know? Um, and they're clear about it and they're clear about their God and they're clear that people are people. It doesn't matter. So I think if anything, my children are more cultured. My children are more prepared for the world because they understand that everybody's different. That part. And love is love. They send for it together. Oh, my Lord. I think I think they're boyfriends. That's my daughter. Yeah. Yeah, baby. I I, I think so. Um, you know, my son, you know, he's he's gonna go dap him up. What's up, man? How you doing? You see the game last night? You watch basketball? You like football? And if they say, uh, no, oh, that's all right, man. Don't worry about it. But let me tell you what happened. <laughs> uh, so I think if anything, my kids are bigger and better people inside because they accept everybody. I do not think politicians, majority of politicians, 98% of politicians that lead with children no, nah, they're just trying to get the vote. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm about you. I love you. I'm your biggest fan. Um, if somebody hadn't probably told you already, but I am one of your biggest fans. 
I think you're absolutely beautiful on the outside and inside. And now that I know how smart you are, you're even more attractive than you were before we started. Um, I love smart versa. Oh my God. I love smart people, man. And I think I said this earlier, nothing happens until there's dialogue. Nothing can be changed or fixed until there's dialogue. You have to be brave enough to have the difficult conversations. And tonight I realized that you're brave enough to have the difficult conversations and that's needed to save our people. Our people. Malik, do you want to close us out? Yeah, this was awesome. Thank you again, Soya. Um, great job. And we look forward to having you back. Yeah. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Glad I can be a part of, you know, Transworld. Atlanta in any capacity. Thank you all for the work that you're doing. Thank you for understanding the need of continuing a conversation outside of the, the 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 series, making sure that you don't just pull folks in and they they're now stuck. You're giving them parts of you that they can occupy and they can navigate with daily, which is beautiful. So so here on this the Trans World Podcast, we have created a space for our trans brothers, sisters, and our non-binary counterparts to be able to tell their truths. We would love to advertise your business on this Trans World Podcast. We are definitely looking for sponsors. For more information, you can reach out to myself or Raquel. Follow us on social media. You can follow Raquel at R-A-Q-U-E-L-R-T-3. You can follow at Transworld ATL. You can follow me at one, the number one gorgeous underscore church one. Also, go over and click on and check out our YouTube channel at Dreamcatchers Production. Thank you. Thank you guys. Until next time, we will we'll be back for sure. But until next time, be good, be safe, and make sure you are preparing to get out and vote because every vote counts. See you guys later. We're gonna wrap this one up. It's a Trans World Podcast. Malik. Say goodnight to the people. Good night. We love you. Boy, you two tell them good night. Au revoir. <laughs> good night, guys. We'll see you next time on this Insurance World Podcast.